0: Friday, November 20th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our Tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, it's it's the deadline for clubs to add players to their 40-man roster to protect them from the Rule 5 draft. The Indians have five spaces open on their roster, and uh, we could be hearing soon who the Indians will be adding to that 40-man roster uh, in order to protect them, a couple of guys for, still uh, left over from that 2016 draft that uh, that wonderful 2016 draft that that keeps producing and and keeps uh, you know uh, giving the Indians some some major league talent uh, still some guys from that draft that are are eligible, eligible to to be taken uh, that might be added to the 40 man by the end of the day. Yeah,
1: you know two of them obviously Joe and Nolan Jones. Uh, and Will Benson out, uh, you know, Jones at third baseman by trade, and and Benson, uh, an outfielder. They were the first and second round picks, of of the 2016 draft. That you know, it's given the Indians so, you know a bulk of their uh, rotation in in Bieber, Plesac, and Savali. Uh, but these guys have have yet to, really. Uh, you know, Jones played double A in 2019, and Benson hasn't. Hasn't uh, gotten past uh, high A
0: yet, right? Uh, I, I believe Benson played some some independent ball this past season, uh, uh, just to, to get some work in. He wasn't at the uh, the alternate site for for very long. I don't I don't believe. Uh, yeah, right.
1: Uh, you know, Jones was at the alternate site uh, for most of the, the season, the sixty game season, and uh, Benson, you know, asked for permission. I think it was in Texas, maybe. I, yeah. I, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Indians gave him permission to play some uh, independent ball there. So he could, uh, you know, he's, he could, um, you know, get, stay sharp. You know, he's the number one pick, uh, their number one pick in 2016. They paid him a big signing bonus, $2.5 million. And, you know, I guess, uh, he, you know, he's a guy that came out of high school 6'5", 220, you know, looks like a power forward almost. And um, got a, you know, big power and big strikeouts. And
0: he really (laughs) hasn't gotten uh, corralled those strikeouts yet. Right. Uh, He hasn't, in in those four years, he hasn't, four or five years, he hasn't really uh, progressed above uh, high A, like you said. I I believe when he he played at Lynchburg, he only hit like 161 in uh, in like 60-some games. Uh, So, you know, you've got to figure out what you have there, I guess. Uh, with him uh, so putting him on the 40 man would would really sort of start the clock on him in terms of you know this is this is really seeing what they they have uh and d- determining whether or not he could help it eventually at the major league level
1: yeah i think uh you know if they don't put him on i, I would imagine somebody would take him joe right and uh, yeah, they've got a big investment in him. Uh, they've got uh, their, their rosters at 35 right now. So they've got five spots open. You would think they would protect this guy. Uh, and, you know, another, another, uh, another player they're expected to uh, protect is Gabriel Arias, the 20 uh, year old shortstop that uh, the Indians,
0: that the Indians received as part of the uh, Mike Clevenger deal from San Diego. Right. And, and he's a guy, obviously the, the Indians, uh, farm system is flush with shortstops and middle infielders, but this is a guy who would probably rate as one of their higher prospects in, in, in that regard uh, In just in what they've received um, recently from, from San Diego in the Clevenger trade. Uh, also, I, I believe uh, Luis uh, Aviedo, uh right-hander, and Carlos Vargas as well, a couple of right-handed pitchers who are, are guys who have you know been ranked among the, thir- uh, the top 30 prospects, Uh, It's just taken them, you know, either due to injuries or, you know, just a a little bit of slow development, whatever it is. Uh, But these are guys that uh, could potentially be, you know, something for the Indians uh, down the road and and you don't want to expose them to other teams. Uh, Certainly if other teams have scouted the Indians farm system lately, they know that these guys have value.
1: Yeah. Two right-handers, you know, Aviato was, you know, left unprotected last year in the rule five. And didn't get selected, so uh, you know people probably have a good good read on him. And uh, you know our buddy at uh, Cleveland Perspective, you know, uh, had had the big list of you know the Indians players who are eligible for the Rule Five. And uh, I'll just I'll just read a couple names for them from uh, Brady Aiken, the uh, mm-hmm. you know, which has not worked out very well. The uh, I think the number one number uh, first round pick in two thousand. I a 15, no, not 2015, but just a couple years ago. I don't know if he's retired or not. You know, Juan Hillman, another pitcher who uh, was in uh, the Tristan McKenzie class. Uh, Ernie, Ernie uh, Clement, you know, who mm-hmm. you know, has impressed the Indians the last couple of springs with his work in the infield. Jose Fermin, another infielder. Kai Tom, who had a big year in 2019. Uh, Mitch Longo, a kid from Mayfield. Mayfield High School that was in big league camp last year and a couple other outfielders, Connor Maribel and uh, Oscar Gonzalez.
0: All right, uh, Alex Call, I believe they, they got him in a, uh, a trade. Uh, one the of the White. trades was at the White Sox. They traded uh, Yonder for, right? Yeah. Yonder. Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. Yonder Alonso. Yeah. Right?
0: So, so yeah, there are some names on here that, uh, you know, might interest some other teams. Uh, you wrote about uh, Anthony Santander, the, the, the Orioles uh, outfielder who was the, the, the selection in 2016, I believe, uh, a Rule 5 guy that the Indians lost uh, at the time, they, they thought they could sneak him through coming off of a shoulder injury, but uh, the, the Orioles did their homework. Yeah, they, do, they really did. And, and
1: Santander was coming off a big year at A-ball. You know, I think he drove in 90 runs that year. Uh, but like you said, Joe, he, he had the surgery. They, they took a gamble um, and left him unprotected and the Orioles swooped in and got him. And he's, uh, you know, produced some good numbers the last two years as you know, as a big
0: league outfielder for the Orioles. So, uh, you know, this is a, this is a situation where they, they sort of have these five spots to, to, to use. Uh, you're not really expecting them to go out and, and be adding a lot of, Free agents right now, so uh they can afford to to stack those those five spots up with this these young guys and put them on the forty man roster but how many of these guys that are added today could could have an impact you know at any time in the next year or two uh you know outside of a Nolan Jones who who obviously is probably the most major league ready yeah, I think Jones is the guy you know obviously,
1: but I don't think the other four maybe Arias you know I mean he He's, you know, showed some power in a high A last year What he hit 17 home runs. You know, perhaps he, you know, he just, but I, he hasn't played above A ball. So, right. you know, you would think he'd have to play at least at double A and, you know, get some seasoning at triple A before, you know, before they would bring him up. At least that's kind of,
0: you know, how their development plan usually works if you, if you look at how they use Lindor. Right. And, and really any sort of value that, that he can give coming off of that Clevenger trade. Uh, speaking of the Clevenger trade, uh, the, the news for San Diego, uh, you know, I, g- I guess it's a, it, it's sort of a wash if you're Mike Clevenger. You, you sign a, a two-year uh, deal to, to buy up the, the remaining arbitration years that you're eligible, but uh, one of those arbitration years now you're going to be uh, rehabbing from uh, another Tommy John surgery. Mike Clevenger undergoes His second Tommy John surgery uh, just this past week, uh, after signing a what an eleven and a half million dollar deal with the the Padres to sort of take care of his next two years, Um, but you won't see Mike Clevenger on the mound in twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah, that was uh, you know that was a shock to me, Joe, because you know the the word come out of San Diego after you know he developed developed that elbow injury and you know only pitched the one inning in the NLDS at. You know, immediately afterward, they said he wouldn't need surgery. And then, well, we signed him to a two-year deal. And, oh, by the way, he's having Tommy John surgery. And since this is the second one, I mean, you know, I, I would think there, there's some question about just how, how and how, what kind of pitcher he is when he comes back and if he comes back. You know, guys, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, Brian Anderson, John Farrell, those are the kind of guys that pop into my head that, you know, about multiple, uh, um, you know, Tommy John surgeries and uh, they, they, you know, they didn't come back, you know, right.
0: so. Uh, right. So yeah. He, I mean, he was pumping, you know, close to 98 before uh, you know, coming off of the first one and, and he got himself back to the point where he was, you know, dominant with his fastball again. But uh, again, there's no, there's no guarantee that he's going to get that back.
1: Yeah, and you know he has that violent delivery. I mean, it, it's a max effort on every pitch. You know, I mean he is, you know, he's got a lot of moving body parts. He's almost, and when he lets the ball go, he's almost off the ground. I mean, mm-hmm. with the leg kick and everything else. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy that wants to throw hard, harder, hardest. And uh, you know, he might have to uh, refine his delivery, or you know, maybe uh, just uh, change change the way he attacks hitters when he, when he does come back, but at least, you know, for, for Clev's sake, you know, he's, he's got some security, you know, the, the the Padres obviously, you know, didn't think he was damaged goods. At least that's what I've heard. You know, the Indians felt he was healthy when uh, when they traded him, Uh, you know, he made the last start against the twins, uh, you know, in late, in late August and pitched pitched Well, uh, the first cup first two or three starts with the Padres, he was he was strong, and then he developed the elbow problem. So, uh, you know, and there's no really, you know, it's kind of with the trade, it's buyer beware. You know, you can trade medical reports and X-rays and all that stuff, but you can't really give the guy a physical before the before the trade. So, you know, but but I I would think if if the Padres saw anything was amiss, they would have been the grievance would have been filed and
0: it would have been a lot of uh, fist pounding by now. Well, you think about it, the last two starting pitchers the Indians traded away, Corey Kluber and Mike Clevenger, uh, neither one of them were, you know, a, a factor for the team that received them. Now, again, the Indians got uh, Emmanuel Class A, who didn't pitch for uh, Cleveland because of a PED suspension. But, you know, they're, they're going to have uh, that piece back in the bullpen this, this upcoming season. And, you know, the the Rangers stepped away from Kluber, didn't pick up his contract option. And now Mike Clevenger is going to be on the shelf. The, the Indians, you know, at least in those two trades, come away looking like they, they sort of, you know, got out when the getting was good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look back, Joe, I was, you know, uh, look back at uh, uh, Cody, Cody Allen, uh, Brian Shaw, Kluber, Clevenger, Andrew Miller, uh, Andrew Miller, even uh, Bauer when they traded him, you know, the for that half season he was he was you know he was he struggled the last half of the 2019 season. I mean the Indians know how to develop pitching, they know how to keep him healthy, and when they trade a pitcher, he's got some miles on him. You know he's got his tank might be empty, and uh, it's uh, you know. You know that's something that uh, well you know obviously Allen and, and Shaw and and Miller were free agents they didn't trade them but right, you know right. that, that's uh you know if you come to Cleveland if you're pitching in Cleveland you're gonna you're gonna work you know what what's Gabe Paul's old saying you know pitchers pitchers don't rust out they wear out so you, you know <laughs> that, the Indians live by that that motto. All
0: right. Well, uh, you know obviously as the as the off season progresses, we've reached the point where, uh, you know, we're, we're past the postseason, We're past the awards season. Uh, we're into the, the time when the hall of fame ballots have come out. So there's that, that discussion going on. We haven't really hit that sweet spot yet of when other teams start signing up guys. Uh, usually that starts happening around the end of the, the winter meetings, which we're supposed to be going on, uh, in, in the next couple of weeks here. Uh, so we're about uh, we're about two to three weeks away from the, the time when the Indians are usually active in their uh, their big trade of the off season. There, there's that window coming up. Uh, so we're, we're we're probably about two weeks away from that, right? Yeah,
1: you know, and I, you know, obviously they have a guy that they have a guy that that's going to draw uh, some uh, some attention in Francisco Lindor, uh, and I would think. Uh, you know, from all indications, he is he is going going to be traded. Uh, the question is when and where. And you know, there's been some uh, rumors out there that he may not get traded early; that they may wait. You know, until uh, well into the season, well into the off season, and uh, but we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, Joe. I mean, they've been trying to trade this guy for two years. They're talking, to, talking to you know people that are trying to tra- uh, you know talking about trading him. So they have a pretty good. Uh, understanding of what's out there, who's interested, and what players are available. So I think once they make the decision, this thing is going to move pretty fast.
0: Right. And, you know, they probably have are still working through deciding whether or not a a trade for Francisco Lindor will include somebody like uh, Carlos Carrasco and and try to move his contract as well, Uh, something similar to what Boston did with Mookie Betts and uh, David Price attaching uh, a high salary and, and maybe paying a portion of that uh, over the next couple of years uh, with with Carrasco, uh, because as as bad as the financial situation is, you could turn a negative into a positive if you also include Carrasco in a deal, and, and you might be able to sweeten your pot.
1: Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, you just wonder. I mean. Uh, yeah, he's, I think he's due to make what 12 million this year. 12, Mm -hmm, I mean, in 2021, 12 million in 2022. And uh, like, he's got a club option worth 14 million in in 20, in 2023. So, you know, that, and he's obviously making the most on the club. Uh, so they, they, there's potential to trade him. I, I, I just wonder, I mean, if, if you do that, just think of the starters you've let go, you know, you've let go, uh, uh, what a Bauer, Kluber, Clevenger, and then Carrasco, the four guys. And do you, I mean, I know they've, they've got some depth. They've, they've developed good young starters, but can you really cover all those innings? You know, can
0: Bieber and Savali and Plesak and Tristan McKenzie and who's next? Who's the fifth guy? I mean, well, you, you mentioned those guys. Those are the four guys that pitched 200 innings and yeah, 200 strikeouts for them in, in what, 2018? Yeah. And, oh. and who's the kid they just got from San Diego, uh, Cal, uh, Cal Quantrill uh, is a, is a, a David candidate goes for a,
1: in a spot. So. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, we wanted to, we, we just touched on uh, briefly, but the hall of fame ballot uh, is out. Uh, not a really uh, crowded ballot, not a really, uh, you know, exciting ballot, I guess, with first timers this year. Uh, does this give Omar Vizquel a chance to, uh, maybe jump up and surprise some people, maybe take a spot uh, in, in the, the Hall of Fame class this year with a, a strong showing.
1: Yeah, I think he's got a great chance to, if not, I don't know if he's going to get, he's, if he's going to go from, what, 52.6% to 75. I, I don't know, that's a, that's a big jump. But I think he's got a chance to, to make a big, significant gain. Uh, you know, like you said, Joe, the new class, you know, no, no really first ballot guys, Guys like uh, Mark Burley, AJ Burnett, uh, uh, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Latroy Hawkins, uh, Tim Hudson, Tori Hunter. You know that a uh, group of players like that. I mean, those are good players, but but not great players. Nick Swisher is in there.
0: <laughs> Nick Swisher Nick was very.
1: A- he was very excited to be included on the ballot. Yeah, Nick makes it for uh, for uh, enthusiasm. Yes, yeah. so, yeah. and uh, Shane Victorino, the Flying Hawaiian made it but uh yeah and i think you know the question is you know you know kurt Schilling probably gets in there he's at 70 percent uh bonds and uh bonds and clemens the steroid guys are right next to you know follow him with 60 percent and then omar so omar's sitting fourth there he's got a great shot maybe
0: that would be cool if he if he got in there and went in with Jeter you know right yeah that that's that's the point I wanted to bring up it's like you've already got that class sitting and waiting it's uh, Derek Jeter uh, and I, I believe Larry Walker and uh, Marvin Miller are, are waiting their turn to get inducted uh, from last year's class uh, wouldn't it just be sort of uh, appropriate to, to sneak Omar in there with Derek Jeter you know Derek Jeter the the prototype shortstop of the nineties, the big athletic, uh, you know, who who could, who could hit and, you know, 3000 hits and, and all these rings. And yet here's Omar, who's every year that, uh, you know, Derek Jeter <laughs> couldn't win a, a gold glove because Omar was winning all the gold gloves and, and really defining the position for the entire decade. Yeah. You would have the
1: best of both worlds there, you know, the defensive guy and, and uh, you know, and and uh, Jeter was like you said the all around big you know kind of in the in the Alex Rodriguez mold of shortstops that that kind of uh, you know dominated that,
0: that era of baseball. Yeah, I, I think it would be an appropriate time. I I like like you. I don't think Omar is going to make that uh, you know that galactic jump up into the the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, position. But, you know, if, if he could make a, enough of a jump this year to guarantee maybe next year getting in, uh, that, that, that'd be, I'm sure, good for him. Uh, it, you mentioned Bonds and uh, and Clemens. Uh, they are in their ninth year. So I think maybe if there are still some, some holdout guys, uh, you know, the ones who refused, uh, like yourself, who refused to vote for um, the steroid guys, uh, then uh, who knows maybe they they hold them out until their tenth year on the ballot and, and you see they might get that uh that bump in their final year of of eligibility on the uh on the um ballot yeah that's a that's a great question Joe because I was reading
1: something uh by Jason Stark and he was breaking down um you know the chances of clemens and Bow and bonds and he said. You know, the kind the, the die is kind of cast on these guys. And and unless you say, like you said, maybe you know, some voters really changed their mind. They said, everybody who votes on on these guys has, has made up their mind. You know, there's there's a new class of, of voters that come in that have come in and uh and the older guys, you know, the, the guys that are more you know, the older writers have, have kind of are dug in too, So I don't know if these guys get enough votes even this year or next year. And uh, then it's going to be up to the, the modern era committees and you know, the, the, the various stages
0: of the old veterans committee. And, and, uh, and isn't that the most appropriate way though for is for the, the committees where the guys are, are members of the hall of fame or, you know, guys who have more of a stake in it like that. Wouldn't it be more appropriate if they're the ones who decide if bonds and Clemens get in? Uh, it, to, to me, it, it seems, okay, the, the writers can sort of pass the, pass the buck on here. The, the writers shouldn't be the ones to, to catch all the blame or whatever for putting these guys in. Let the, let the members of the committees who are comprised of some, you know, living members of the Hall of Fame and other stakeholders in that regard, let them be the ones to make the decision on that. And, and you know, if you have questions about it, hey – your your own membership voted these guys in.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, it, you, I think the writers. Some at least I feel this way. You know, you didn't sign on to be judge, jury, and executioner <laughs> in this thing. You know, you, you you signed on to 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 vote. You know, this wasn't a a morality play, and that's what it's turned into.
0: Right. Well, it's uh, you know that's a, that's a good point. Is that uh, it, this is sort of. I don't want to say necessarily above, uh, above the writer's pay grade, but this is, yeah, this yeah. is more than, this is more than you bargain for sometimes when, when you're dealing with that. Uh, so it should be interesting to watch in the next couple of weeks here. Obviously I believe, uh, ballots are due the end of the, the end of the year, uh, December 31st is when they have to be. Yes. Postmarked. Yeah. December 31st. yeah. Oh. And then, uh, that, that early in yeah, January, January, we watch January for, 26th, they, they'll announce it. Yeah. So, we watch them trickle in for like three weeks and we speculate and, Try to do all the math and everything. It's sort of like watching a, a presidential election, <laughs> only fewer recounts. So yeah, let's hope there's yeah, let's uh, hope the
1: transition of power goes a little more smoothly.
0: Uh, before we step uh, away for the the rest of this week, uh, any news on the Indians' coaching front uh, with regards to finding a bench coach, uh, or uh, even um, in the front office with the latest on Mike Chernoff and uh, the possibility of of him taking on uh, an interview with the Mets.
1: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, the people I talked to over the last weekend, I got the, the distinct impression that, uh, you know, that uh, uh, that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff were, were staying, that they weren't going to move. And then, you know, the story started to appear that Chernoff uh, was being courted by the uh, the Mets who are rebuilding their front office and have, you know, Steve Cohen, uh who's, you know, got the richest owner in baseball who just purchased the Mets, was looking to, you know, to, has, has to rebuild the entire front office. And they were coming after a and, um, and, you know, it looked like a formal interview was set up. And then Steve Cohen tweeted yesterday that that wasn't exactly the case. So I'm not sure where, where it sits there. I'm sure they're interested. I'm sure, you know, Chernoff has to be interested. He's, He's a kid from you know he grew up in New Jersey, grew up a Mets fan. His dad works at WFAN in New York City, uh, so I think that'd be a tempting job. And you know he did turn down the uh, the Met uh, the Met an offer to be the Mets in, in in 2018, but that was under a different ownership and uh, different. You know he, he I think he would have had a lot of inter- interference there, but uh, it sounds like if if he is the guy if he goes in as the uh, president of baseball operations he's gonna it's, he, he'll he be the, he'll be running the show. So that'll be interesting. You know, that's a tough job to turn down, but, you know, I think, and, and, but Mike, Mike is, uh, you know, he's established here. He's been with the Indians for 17 years. He works well with uh, Antonetti. So it, I think, I don't know yet. I, I really, I, I think it's a flip of the coin right now as for uh, the coachings, the coaches, um, um, you know, they're looking for a bench coach. Uh, that surprised me. We were talking before the show that, you know, I thought Sandy would be the automatic choice there, but you had a different opinion.
0: Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they put Mike Sarbaugh in that uh, bench coach role uh, under Tito and, and just let him learn the role because of all the responsibilities we saw when Brad Mills was in there, Brad, Brad Mills ran uh, camp. You know, he was the, the guy that, that Tito leaned on uh, in, in that regard. And, you know, maybe that's just something that they they want to get somebody up to speed so that if and when uh, Tito does step aside and and Sandy moves in, uh, Sarby's already got, you know, all that experience and and knows what he's doing there and doesn't have to learn on the fly.
1: Yeah. and, And let's say there is a transition, you know, with Tito eventually, you know, moves on or moves into the front office or, you know, and Sandy replaces, Sandy Alomar replaces the manager, then you've got your bench coach already kind of a seasoned and ready to go in, in Sarbos. So, you know, maybe, uh, maybe there's, you know, that that is playing into this equation as well. And they're also, you know, interviewing people from outside the uh, outside the organization.
0: All right. You'd you heard uh, at least one name of. of yeah. Somebody that, uh, Will Venable who, uh, you know, took the uh, Boston bench coach job. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, as we move forward into next week, uh, looking to get some, some guests on, we'll hopefully uh, get a chance to talk to our minor league insider, Todd Paquette uh, with Indians perspective, uh, get his take on uh, these 40 man roster decisions uh, and uh, maybe some other surprise guests as well uh, from uh, reporters from uh, other cities that are, are maybe considering landing spots for uh, uh, Francisco Lindor trade. So, Uh, Stay tuned. We'll try to get as as many as we can in in the next week uh, here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.